Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. As the leading global provider of ethics and compliance cloud software, Conversant connects ethics to business performance by weaving ethics and values into everyday operations in over 600 of the world's largest companies. Its ethics cloud platform provides a suite of applications, Conversant Insight, Conversant's Helpline, Conversant Campaigns, Conversant Disclosures, and Conversant Third Parties that gives executives insight required to make proactive, informed decisions about their company's ethical health. Conversant's customers include Microsoft, Tesla, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, Campanini, and Under Armour, who care deeply about driving ethics into the center of their organizations. Check out more at conversant.com. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a best practices compliance program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a best practices compliance program. In February 2017, there was the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 27, Pre-Acquisition Due Diligence. In the context of mergers and acquisitions, the 2012 FCPA guidance stated that mergers and acquisitions present both risks and opportunity. A company that does not perform adequate FCPA due diligence prior to a merger or acquisition may face both legal and business risks. Perhaps most commonly, inadequate due diligence can allow a course of bribery to continue with all the attendant harms to a business's profitability and reputation, as well as potential civil and criminal liability. While most compliance practitioners have long been aware of the requirement in the post-acquisition context, the the 2012 FCPA guidance focused many compliance practitioners on the need to engage in robust pre-acquisition due diligence. Under prong 12 of the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs entitled Mergers and Acquisition, there was a series of questions tied together on how pre-acquisition due diligence and post-acquisition due diligence were tied together. Under the due diligence process, the following questions were presented. Was the misconduct or risk of misconduct identified during due diligence? Who conducted the risk review for the acquired merger entities and how was it done? And how, what has the M&A due diligence process been generally? Under the pre-acquisition process, it was then tied to the post-acquisition with the following. Process connected to due diligence implementation. 
What has been the company's process for tracking and remediating misconduct or misconduct risks identified during the due diligence process? What has been the company's process for implementing compliance policies and procedures at new entities? The 2012 FCPA guidance <coughs> emphasized the pre-acquisition phase and the evaluation took a deeper dive into the need for the compliance component of your M&A work to begin with a preliminary pre-acquisition assessment of risk. Such an early assessment will inform transaction research and evaluation phases. This can, include, this can include an objective view of the risks faced and the level of risk exposure as well as best-case, worst-case scenarios. A pre-acquisition risk assessment can always be used as a lens through which to view the fees, feasibility of the business strategy and help value the potential target. The next step is to develop a risk assessment as a base document. From this document, you should be able to prepare a focused series of questions and requests of documents to be obtained from the target company. Thereafter, company management can use this pre-acquisition risk assessment to attain what may to understand what may be required in the way of integration post acquisition. There are five steps <clears throat> on how to perform a pre-acquisition due diligence in the M&A context. Number one, establish a point of contact. So you need a point of contact that you will work through. Typically, this will be the chief compliance officer of the target. Number two, collect relevant documents. Attain a list of the sales going back five years, broken out by country and further broken out by JV, uh, third parties, etc. Perform, uh, take a look at the due diligence on the JVs and third-party business partners, the travel and entertainment records of the top sales personnel of the acquirers. Number three, Review the compliance, ethics, and goals mission statement from the target. Here you need to review the code of conduct and other foundational documents of the target to gain insight into what they publicly espouse and use this as a basis to ask questions. should take a look at what are the seven elements of a best practices compliance program as updated and incorporate those into your question and answers of your target. And finally, separate and apart, you need to periodically review and evaluate your mergers and acquisitions procedures effectiveness benchmarked against any legal proceedings and a corruption enforcement opinion releases that may have been released. There are multiple, there can be multiple flat red flags raised in this process which would warrant further investigation. They include if a target has an ineffective compliance program elements in their compliance program or frequent breaches of policies and procedures. Obviously, a target which is under financial difficulty would bear closer scrutiny from the compliance perspective. Structurally, if a company did not have a formal ethics and compliance committee at the senior management or board of director level, this could present issues. From the CCO perspective, if the CCO did not have board access, CEO access, or regular reports to the board, it can also present issues for compliance. Conversely, if there are frequent requests away policies, management override of compliance controls, or no consistent consequence, consequence of management to management for violations, it could present a clear red flag for further investigation.
So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, from the 2012 FCPA guidance, it really got people to think about the pre-acquisition phase of mergers and acquisitions in the compliance context. And so the results of your pre-acquisition due diligence will inform your post-acquisition integration and remediation going forward. We're going to talk about post-acquisition in another podcast, but you need to think of these as really a, a single line, single continuum moving forward. Number two, periodically review your M&A protocol uh, around the information the DOJ has released in the form of opinion releases, in the form of enforcement actions, or other information that you get from benchmarking. And finally, if red flags appear in the pre-acquisition due diligence, they must be noted. If they cannot be cleared, they must be resolved in your post-acquisition phase. So pre-acquisition red flags are important to note. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day 27 of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow where we take a look at your post-acquisition integration plan. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow and indeed for the entire 31 days in January while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.